You are listening to episode 13 of Viva La Lex. Hello, hello! Do you guys watch Drag Race? I fucking love Drag Race. Welcome back to another episode of Viva La Lex. My name is Alexis Marie, but you can call me Lex if you're feeling nasty. Um, Today's episode, I'm not going to issue a trigger warning. It's really not that triggering, but I have been very open and very transparent on this podcast about mental health and my battles with anxiety, my battles with depression. Um, I've been very open about my therapist on here and uh, today I kind of wanted to switch the narrative a little bit and instead of talking about that side of mental health, I wanted to talk about the healing process and what has what my healing process has looked like in the last year, year and a half. And again, I'm fully aware that everybody's journey is completely different. Mine's is different than yours. Yours is different than mine and vice versa. Not vice versa because that, whatever, forget I said that. But everybody's healing process is different. And um, yeah, I kind of, I had a whole different topic in mind. Um, I wanted to talk about like toxic people and what to do with them. And I, I'm still going to do that episode, but this one was like, this one was weighing heavy on my heart and my mind. And I was like, you know what? Like, I just, I want to do this. And I don't know, maybe you're on that journey of healing and battling those demons that you've been keeping in your closet for however long. And as somebody who has, you know, me and my demons, we just, we've kind of been at odds for a very long time. And I was like, you know what, bitch, let's just be friends. Like, let's talk about it. And if you're on that journey, then I think this is a great episode for you. Um, so I'm just going to kind of talk to you guys about what's been working, what hasn't been working, how I've been coping, both negative and positive, because, bitch, I'm not perfect. And I've been coping negatively at times, too. And we're going to talk about that and um, I hope you get something good out of it. If not, if nothing else, a little kiki, right? So before we jump into that topic, I want to discuss a few things. The first thing being Britney fucking Spears. Hashtag free Britney. We need to free Britney, my good sis Brit, because, okay, obviously by now you have either seen or heard of the free Britney document documentary. Um, it's actually called Framing Britney Spears by the New York Times, and it kind of talks about pretty much like how Britney had all of these like super amazing highs and then kind of like somewhere in there crashed into like almost her demise really and the people that were involved and the people that didn't really have her best interest at heart. Really Coco, this is you want to eat right now? Everybody's had a cocoa. She's over there stuffing her face. You can hear her little kibbles. Um, so I remember I was the biggest Britney Spears fan. I remember my 10th birthday, <laughs> my mom bought me a boombox. And she bought me two cassettes. Cassettes, people. Oh, my God, I'm so old. She bought me a the Britney Spears Baby One More Time cassette. And the Christina Aguilera Genie in a Bottle cassette, right? And I wanted to be Britney Spears. I'm like, I'm Britney Spears. I remember blasting my boombox to Baby One More Time. I'm crazy. And I was like, bitch, I'm Britney Spears. I'm living. This is it. Like, I've arrived. 
people used to ask me, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, I want to be Britney Spears, man. And I really, really thought I was Britney Spears. And I was just such a super fan. Unfortunately, I never got to see her in concert. And I hope and I pray to all the pop star stars out there that I am able to see her in concert one day, specifically in Vegas. Like, I hope and pray that COVID fucks off and like I can relive that bucket list item. Um, or I can live that bucket list item. Because I'm just such a fucking fan of Britney. But I remember... Um, when she started to spiral, how much fun I made of her. And I feel like such a bad person. I remember finished watching, I had finished watching the documentary and I'm like, oh my God, like she was obviously going through something and we were just standing by laughing at her. Like, oh, like it's just so crazy how, I mean, this girl was practically screaming for help and we were like, this bitch shaved her head. Look at her, look at her, look at her, look at her. Stupid ass, oh, crazy ass. And now as somebody who does deal with mental illness, and now that as a society, we've kind of been more open to talking about mental health, I feel like we're looking at this 10 years later, like 11 years later, and we're like, oh shit, like the signs were there. Like she needed help. Um, So without giving too much away, about the documentary, it's pretty much about her conservatorship. And I had no idea what that was until I started seeing the documentary. And pretty much, you're an adult, but you don't make any decisions about your life, your career, your money, nothing. It's kind of like you're a child all over again. And the person in charge is her dad. And... Again, I don't want to I don't want to give away too much. I if you're a Britney fan, I definitely want you to see it. But she was very clear to an attorney that she was speaking to during this time and she said, "I'm aware that I need this, but I don't want my father involved." And her father is now pretty much the main guy that pretty much controls her. Um it was sad. It was sad for many reasons. Number 1, uh, I don't know if this is fair to say, but in my opinion, Britney was the Madonna of our era. Like, Britney was just, yeah, she was, at, le at least for me, she was like what Madonna was to my mom. And to see somebody with such talent and just somebody who had such an amazing career just crumble and like nobody is on her side to like help her. It's just, it's so shitty and it's so sad and I feel horrible for ever making jokes about her state of mind and, you know, being an asshole and laughing at her Instagram post because, I mean, she's pretty much crying out for help and it sucks that there's nothing that can be done, you know what I'm saying? And I hate that feeling, that powerlessness that we just have to stand by and watch this person be controlled like a puppet. Um... I remember they put they did like a scene where I guess MTV was doing like some sort of like behind the scenes look of like her life or whatever and she looked at the camera and she said I'm just sad and she started crying and I was like oh my god like oh my god like just heartbreaking people calling her a bad mom the pop let's talk about the fucking paparazzi because 
Holy shit. Did, did these people play a pivotal part in Britney losing her mind? Can you imagine? Like, if, I used to think paparazzi was bad today, but paparazzi back then were vicious. They were vile. Like, just the way they used to harass this girl and the lack of respect. Like, let me tell you something. I understand why Kanye has smacked so many cameras out of paparazzi's fucking hands. I cannot imagine going somewhere and having 10,000 cameras in my face and not only just taking pictures of me, but the obscurities that they were screaming at her. It's just like ridiculous. And then they were interviewing one of the paparazzis and the interviewer said, well, she had asked you to stop. And he said, yeah, but she didn't really mean it. I'm like, what? That's like a rapist being like, yeah, I know she said stop, but she didn't mean it. Like, it, it, the level of like being like, she was so violated by the media. It's it's disgusting. And then I started thinking, well, hello, the paparazzi are the same people that pretty much killed Princess Diana. Like, these little fucking, I hate paparazzi. I like honestly, if I ever get famous, because it's gonna fucking happen. I'm not dealing with paparazzi. I'm going to have an attorney on fucking retainer because I'm going to fuck everybody up. Just get the fuck away from me. <sighs> fucking paparazzi. And it, it's just... Watch it. It's, it's definitely eye-opening. Brittany, girl, we're here for you. We're rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. And I really hope that somebody steps in and helps Brittany because <sighs> we need Brittany back. Like, we need, we need Britney back. And when I say we, I mean me. Just for my state of mind, I need Britney back. So that's, that's my take on the Britney situation. Hashtag free Britney bitches. The next thing I want to talk about is, <laughs> I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race again. Now, I've always been a Drag Race fan, but I feel like every, like, six months I watch all the seasons all over again. Um... Guys, and I have I have a confession to make. I am in love with Trixie Mattel. Yes, Trixie Mattel and Katya, like, I have a really weird obsession with them. Like, I've seen all the episodes of, uh, right? If you haven't seen it, like, you have to YouTube their show. It's literally called, uh. Um, they have a podcast, The Bald and the Beautiful. And they're just amazing. Trixie Mattel has her own YouTube channel and she does makeup videos every week. Amazing content. And I'm just obsessed with them and I love them. And because I'm putting positive vibes that COVID is going to fuck off pretty soon and we're all going to be able to do all the things that we did before COVID. And when I go to DragCon and if I see RuPaul, first of all, dead, flatline, I'm going to die. And if I see Trixie Mattel... And Katya, like, I'm, I can just die happy. Like, my plane can fucking crash on the way back to Miami and I'll be fine. I, obviously, I don't mean that literally. But, like, this is just the level of, like, obsession that I have with these three people. So, if anybody wants to get me a late birthday gift, anything Trixie Mattel or Katya is, like, is fine. You guys are probably like, what's wrong? This bitch is crazy. I am. But whatever. So, Yeah. Yeah, I haven't gone on any dates. But anyways, so let's move on to today's topic. Healing. 
how to heal like a bad bitch. What are the bad bitches doing to heal emotionally? Well, <laughs> lucky for you, I'm a bad bitch who's healing. So let's fucking go. Um, <laughs> so obviously if you're, you've been a listener since this podcast has started, you guys know that I have been, um, very transparent, very raw about mental health, about my struggles, my journey with mental health, my depressions, my anxieties and all that. So I decided that I was like, you know, I've, I've always talked about I've been very vague about it, but I haven't really kind of given you guys an idea of what the healing process has looked like for me throughout this whole uh, process, especially the last year, because I feel like the last year has been when I've really gotten down and dirty with my therapist and have gotten very uncomfortable in certain sessions. And um, I've been able to have some amazing breakthroughs and I've been able to work on a lot of things that for so long were... I was carrying around as dead weight and was really getting in the way of my potential and getting in the way of relationships and getting in the way of of just me being able to be the best person that I can truly be and live my truth, live my best life. Um, and one of those things has been staying true to myself. And that's something that I struggle with. I don't know if this is an only child thing, but I put so much pressure on myself to be like this model fucking child for my mother um and it's I, it's just pressure coming directly from me because my mom if if anybody here knows my mom I could literally draw a stick figure and my mom's like oh she's a fucking artist look at her she's a woman like oh put it in the fucking mat like that's just my mom. My mom is my biggest fucking hype man. And there's never been ever a time that my mom has been like, you're a great kid, but, you know, so all the pressure that I feel is directly from me. And for a very long time, I I stopped doing things that I wanted to do because I knew she wasn't going to like it. A perfect example of that is tattoos. My mom hates tattoos. Like my mom, I think the day that I told my mom I'm getting a tattoo was like the one day that she was like, oh God, no, like, please God, no. Like it was probably the saddest day of her life. And, you know, every time I, I got a tattoo, I felt a sense of like this shame and this like, oh my God, like she hates me, but it's something that I love. I love tattoos i love getting them i love the process the art being in the tattoo shop the sound of the gun like just ugh, like orgasming right now everything about it it's just amazing and i i've been very conservative of the tattoos that i've gotten because i i don't want to like disappoint her and through therapy and through the healing process i realized if this is something that i want to do it's okay. And that meant having a very uncomfortable conversation with my mom and telling her, look, for the last X amount of years, I've been living for you and I'm almost 30 and at some point you're gonna die and I don't want that to be where I'm like 
fucking spiraling and I'm 50 years old getting fucking sleeves of tattoos and like literally going through a full-blown midlife crisis and you know I know that you don't agree with this and I'm sorry that you don't but not to sound political but it's kind of like my body my choice type of thing and and it was so funny because I was dreading this conversation so much and it sounds like something so stupid like really a fucking tattoo but this this was a big deal for both me because I I there's things that I've stopped myself from getting because I don't want to disappoint her and you know and thank god like I have such an amazing mom that she's like I don't agree with it like I don't I don't want to see my kid all tatted up but if this is what you want to do and if this is what's going to make you happy then go for it and I know that that relationship doesn't look the same for everybody unfortunately and I'm I'm sorry if you don't have that relationship or if this is even something that you deal with because I know a lot of my friends are like I'm gonna fuck I'm gonna fucking do it but this is just one of the main things that I had to work on. So the second that I had that conversation and the second that I had that breakthrough, I felt like, okay, like I can, I can move on. Like what? And as soon as you kind of break through these things, you feel a sense of empowerment and you're like, what's next? Like, let's go. What's the next thing? And that's minimal, right? Like I'm obviously not going to get into like a lot of the other conversations I had to have with my mother because that's very personal and I'll never expose my family life like that. But so many other things that I had to have conversations with my mom about that were uncomfortable. But when I had them, I was able to really heal. And, and they were things that for a very long time, I didn't want to talk about because A, I can handle it. Like I can figure it out and it's going to go away. And B, if I talk about it, am I going to hurt the other person and make them feel uncomfortable, which is something I never want to do. Um, my burdens are my burdens, but you know, it's like my therapist told me, if you're going to heal, you need to get to the root of the problem and, and have these discussions and get uncomfortable and, and cry while you're having these, these discussions. And I'm like, I have to cry. Like why? And I, I have a very big problem with crying. Let me tell you something. I by no mean think I'm ugly. Like y'all see my Instagram mama, look at the material. Like, I'm beautiful, but when I cry, I am the ugliest fuck ever. I'm so, I look like a fucking cracked egg. I'm just like, uh-uh. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to cry. Like, the whole thing of crying makes me uncomfortable. The fact that I can't talk, the snot, the tears, the, <laughs> you know, I hate, I hate it all. I hate it all. But guess what? Do you want to know something crazy? In the last year, I have cried more than I think I've cried in my entire life. And I remember telling my therapist, like, I'm turning into a little bitch. I'm crying over everything. Like, I have literally just sat in my couch and just had a full-blown crying session. Nothing happened. Nothing triggered me. But I just started crying. Oh, sorry. And she looked at me and she said, that's your heart healing. That is your soul and your heart healing. And I rolled my eyes and I'm like, ugh, bleh, I hate this. Like, I don't like this at all. Like, anybody who knows me knows I'm not a crier. And if somebody cries in front of me, like, I don't know if you've guys seen that meme of like a person crying and it's a guy like with a, like, a broom and he's like, hey, are you okay? That's me. You cry in front of me, I don't know what to do. So if you've ever cried in front of me and you think I'm just an asshole, I'm not. I just don't know what the fuck to do. Maybe that means I'm an emo I'm emotionally disconnected or maybe that's something I now need to bring up to my therapist because I just found this out here. Maybe this has now turned into a therapy session. I don't know. But yeah, so 
um, that's one of the things that has really helped me um, heal is having honest conversations with the people that I love. And, and you know what? If your fear is hurting somebody and hurting their feelings, for me, what worked was before I even sat down and started what I needed to say, I started my conversation by saying, I need to have this conversation because I need to heal. We need to talk about it. I need to talk about it. And I don't want you to feel in any way, shape, or form that this conversation is an attack or me putting blame on you or me, mo- or me wanting to make you feel bad. This is just something I need to do for myself. And nine times out of ten, the person is going to be so open to conversation. And sometimes they might not be. I've, I've, personally, this has never happened to me, but I remember one time my mom having to have that discussion with me and me having to tell her, I'm not ready. I'm just not ready. And that's fine too. It doesn't mean it's never going to happen. It just means that at that moment, that person's not ready for whatever reason and you have to respect that boundary. And then later on, you can revisit it. But nine times out of 10, the person's going to be open to it. So if you kind of have a conversation that's weighing heavy on your heart that you need to have with your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your loved one, your mom, your dad, your uncle, whoever it might be, and you don't know how to start it off, that's a great place to start. Um, So that's something that I've been doing also. Another thing has been um, living my life unapologetically as me. And I still struggle with it. I still like have moments where I'm like, what are people gonna think if I do this or if I get this tattooed or if I and you know what I don't care (laughs) I don't care like I don't know if maybe it's because like I'm getting closer to 30 but I'm just at a point where I'm like I don't care like I'm if I want to wear this I'm gonna do it and obviously we're not going anywhere right now but I'm the type of person that when I go out, like, I like to be sexy I like to show off my my tits I like to fucking wear tight clothes I like to wear a tight skirt that makes my ass look fucking fat you know and I'm not I, I for a long time I stopped doing that because my partner doesn't like me being too let, let me let me just make a clarification if your significant other says I'm uncomfortable with you wearing something like this and it's like a full-blown JLo like Versace dress plunging down like that might not be the best thing you know you there has to be some form of you know <laughs> some mutual respect amongst partners but i'm single so if i want to wear a versace dress i'm gonna do just that you know what i'm saying don't go and tell your husband's like well alexis says i can wear whatever the fuck i want you know don't do that i don't want no i don't want no issues but me myself i like to dress sexy you know what i'm saying like guess what in the next 30 years my tits are gonna hit the fucking floor and i want to fucking i want to embrace what i got and I'm going to do just that. I've the last year I've taken more sexy pictures on my Instagram and I'm even entertaining fucking throwing on some lingerie and taking some shots like that too because I fucking feel like it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm wearing what I want to wear. I'm doing what I want to do with my body. And that's been helping me heal by living for myself, not living for anybody else. Um <laughs> I'm healing by showing my tits on Instagram. Let's fucking go.
Um, <laughs> um, the next one is journaling. So as I mentioned, I am writing a book. I'm not ready to talk about it. I don't even know if I'm going to really publish it. Um, it's just, it's something that I've always wanted to do and I'm doing. Um, and writing has really helped me a lot. Um, it's really, it's been probably the most pivotal tool for me. And again, because of it last week, my therapist and I were able to have another breakthrough, you know, and that was my relationship patterns with men. Um, and I probably wouldn't have gotten to that breakthrough if I wouldn't have been putting pen to paper and really kind of being very raw and writing things down that I read them back and I'm like, ooh, and then you wonder why you got relationship problems? Look at the type of men you pick, Jeff. Um, but it's a great tool. You know what I'm saying? It's a great, it's, writing is therapeutic and it's crazy because you think, what the fuck is so therapeutic about fucking writing let me tell you something i don't know the science behind it i can't tell you it but there's something about putting pen to paper or fucking putting your hands on a keyboard and just typing and it's really been helping me a lot like a lot um the next thing i briefly touched up on this last episode uh working out working out has been an amazing outlet for me um i no longer work out to look good. I mean, it's an added bonus. I I now work out because it makes me feel good. And as somebody who did have an eating disorder, I cannot give myself the luxury of eating something bad like a cookie or a donut and then telling myself I have to get on the treadmill for 30 minutes to burn it off. I just can't because I will fucking go into a spiral. So these days I work out when I genuinely crave it. And I do it because it makes me feel good. And the crazy part is that now if I go two days straight without working out, I feel it. Um, And I love it. I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm just I'm like I'm like on a little Peloton high. The Peloton app also helps me. Um, Cody Rigsby and Alex and everybody on that app is just so fucking fantastic. By the way, I'm not crying. I just got a severe burst of allergies just now. And I don't know where they came from. I'm not crying, I swear. It's my fucking cat. <clears throat> but anyways... Um, the Peloton app has also been an amazing tool to keep me accountable. It has been an amazing tool to keep me motivated throughout my workouts, especially working at home has been so challenging because I'm so used to working with my trainer. And now that I have to be my own trainer, it's very easy for me to be like, nah, I'm just going to do one set of this. But having that app, it's like you have to keep the momentum going. You want to, you know, looking at your Apple Watch and you're like, oh my God, I want to you know, I know I want to get, I want to like burn my, this many and I want to like hit this goal and I want to do this. So if you're struggling, the Peloton app is amazing. I've also heard great things about the Beachbody one. I haven't tried it. Um, one of my friends actually gave me her login. So I'm probably going to try that out this week and I will report back. But working out has definitely been one of the things that have been helping me heal because it's, I get 
so much crap out, you know? Like, girl, let me tell you something. Coming home from work, hopping on the Peloton, doing a good fucking workout, like an hour workout, and then journaling with some tea? Child, let me tell you something. That is healing 101, honey. You want to heal? Do that. Oh, and some wine. Wine is great. Wine has helped me heal. Mm. <clears throat> I don't think my therapist would approve me saying that, but wine. Wine has helped me heal. Absolutely. 100%. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I've, it has not been a perfect journey. I'll tell you that. And I'm going to share something with you guys. Um, for those of you who do know me and have known me for a while... Um, you guys know that I, you know, might have a little bit of an anger problem, just a little bit. Um, but it's something that I have worked on. And let me tell you something. If some of you would have met the Alexis from five years ago, <laughs> bitch, let me tell you something. Y'all would have been scared of me because I was scared of me. And I became, I was a very ugly person. Not five years ago. That was 25. Oh God. 10 years ago. Oh. Um, yeah, 10 years ago, me, bitch, you looked at me the wrong way and I was already challenging you to a fight. If she woke up and chose violence was a person, it would be me. I'm not proud of it by any means necessary. I'm very ashamed at some of the things that my anger took me, like the places that it took me to. Um, and that was just a very ugly person. That was a that was that's somebody that that was somebody that I hated, and it was just somebody who was scared, and all the only way they knew how to deal with that anger was just to fight. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to cry. Now I'm choking up. <laughs> now I'm choking up. But it was a person that I used to look into the mirror and I used to hate. And, ooh, mm. ooh, child, uh-uh, no, <clears throat> get it together. <clears throat> it was a person that I used to look in the mirror and I used to hate, I hated her. And I used to hate my own reflection because I pushed so many people away from how angry I was. And seeing the look on my mother's face when she would have to come pick me up from fights and just seeing how heartbroken she was was the worst thing ever. Um, and back in November, for the first time in 10 years, there was a situation that brought me back to that person. And the only thing I wanted to do was fight. That was it. I didn't want to have a conversation. I didn't want to hear what they had to say. I just wanted to put hands on them. And thankfully, I have enough sense and I have enough growth that I obviously didn't act on it. But I picked up the phone and I called a friend. And I said, look, I'm feeling this, 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 and that. And... Thankfully, that friend was able to calm me down and 
bring me back to reality and, and tell me that it's not worth it. And it's not. It's not worth it. Violence is not the answer. I know that I joke around a lot on my Instagram and I post funny memes and things like that, but violence only hurts you. And at the end of that fight, I would still feel empty. I would still feel angry and I would still be fucking fearful of whatever it was that I was fearful of at that time. But I remember that following, so this happened like on a Saturday and boy, did my mind go to places between Saturday and Wednesday that I had, um, that I had my therapy session and, and I even went as far as, as call, calling up my friends and being like, I need you guys to fuck this person up. And even my friends that do this for a living were like, Mm-mm, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that because it's not worth it. And how lucky am I that I have even friends who are fucking hoodlums tell me, Mm-mm, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. You need to talk to your therapist. And if you want to go out for drinks, we'll fucking do that, bitch. But we're not going to fuck up anybody. And thank God, because at that point, I I wanted, I, I didn't want to talk. I didn't, I just, I wanted revenge. And I wanted revenge in the most stupidest way possible, right? Because I'm not 17 anymore. You know, I have a lot to lose right now. But if it wouldn't have been because of therapy, I wouldn't have been able to have the, the sense to say, okay, let me call a friend and let them know how I'm feeling and just forget about this for a second. And I remember after that, I got on that call with my therapist and I felt so bad. And I was so angry at myself for allowing somebody to take me to that place. And I remember my therapist said to me, you're gonna make mistakes. You're human. You're allowed to make mistakes. And I was like, I am. Because <laughs> again, that perfection is a mind of mine that like, if I don't, you know, if I go back, I've ruined all the work that I've done. And that's not the case at all. Like, you know, it's a, it's a process. It's, it's called a healing process for a reason. You're not going to get it right all the time. Um, and I'm happy that that experience happened because we were able to kind of really pinpoint what else we needed to work on, you know? And if that wouldn't have happened, who knows how much longer I was going to carry that baggage with me. You know what I'm saying? And the reason that I'm telling you this and I'm exposing myself is because this isn't, there's no guide to this process, right? There's no cheat sheet. It's, it's very confusing. And you're going to have moments where you're going to fuck up. You're going to have moments where you do things you're not supposed to do. You speak to people you told you, you swore off. Bad ex-boyfriend you said you weren't going to call, you're going to call and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a process. It's, 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 it's gonna happen. You're gonna fuck up. It's okay. You're a person. You're a human with feelings and with emotions and you're completely allowed to do it. So don't, don't be so hard on yourself. You know what I'm saying? And that's one thing that I've, I've learned throughout this year of, of work is you can, you are your worst critic, but you have to be kind to yourself, you know? Um, I think that's really it. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now with the whole healing process. Um, 
if your healing right now is more like you're looking to heal after a breakup, welcome. You've come to the right place. <laughs> um, no, I, I think for me, the first step to healing is forgiveness, right? And I used to hear this phrase and I used to roll my eyes so hard, like, shut the fuck up. But forgiveness is important for you, not for them, right? So you have to forgive the other party in order to move on with your life. And I, I, I learned that. And I've forgiven. I have forgotten, you know, and that's okay. I forgave and I, I forgot everything I, I just it's almost like I erased it from my memory it never happened um and I'm ready to move on you know what I'm saying and I think the worst thing to do and again speaking from experience and this is something that I used to do a lot is not giving yourself adequate time to heal after a breakup and jumping right into something because Without healing, without really taking the time to work on yourself after a breakup, the same patterns and the same things that happened in your last relationship, you're going to do when you're next. And it doesn't matter how much more amazing this person is. I don't care how much more beautiful this person is. You're still going to fuck it up. Because wherever you go, there you go. Right? The person you're with is not the problem. You are. So whatever issues and baggage affected you in your previous relationship, you're going to bring into your next one. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny because I was having this conversation the other day with my friend and she's like, I can't wait for you to get a man and show him. Like, show him what? I don't got shit to prove. Well, yeah, but, you know, like, can you imagine? I'm like, that's ego. I am not going to jump into a relationship to prove to an ex that I'm okay. Uh-uh. I don't need to do that. First of all, I don't give a fuck what you think of me. Like, let's just fucking start there. You know what I'm saying? I know what my process looks like. And right now, even though I'm over it, I have forgiven, and I have moved on, and I have forgotten, doesn't mean that I still don't have work on myself that I need to do so that for my next relationship... Nothing from this previous relationship is going to be dragged into that one. Again, if the way that you like to heal is jumping into something else, I'm not here to judge your process. You do whatever you feel you need to do. For me, that's not what it looks like. That to me is just putting a band-aid on an oozing wound. And I don't ever want to get into a relationship and put my issues from a previous relationship onto that person. Because that's not fair. Um, so, if what you're looking for is healing in that topic, um, you have to forgive and you have to forget. Because as long as you keep with that, fuck him and I'm going to show him and he has no idea what the fuck he's missing out. That's all true, bitch. He don't know what he's missing out. You fire, girl. But... There's nothing more beautiful than a woman 
who doesn't give a fuck about her last man and is just making herself an even better woman for the next guy to come around. That, girl, that's better than designer, boo. And I have a lot of amazing friends who have done just that, that have just gotten out of one relationship and jump into the next and then that relationship falls apart and they're like, I don't know why. And I'm like, girl, because you haven't fucking healed, bitch. Like, you better go handle them daddy issues before you fucking jump into something else. Okay, like, hello? Confused. What do you think was going to happen? Um, And that's that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just the fucking tea, honey. It's the fucking tea. <laughs> Choices. But, um, yeah, honestly, that's my best advice for healing from a relationship. Fucking heal. Not fucking heal. Fucking forgive. Stupid ass. Oh, so, um, I think I kind of covered everything. Um, yeah, I'm looking at my notes here and I think, I think I covered everything. Um, yeah. So, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys got a little something off of this. Um, I know I'm all over the place. But my thoughts just, my thoughts are everywhere, girl. They're like little jumping beans. But I hope this episode helped. As always, if you guys ever need to talk, to chat, if you have any questions, um, feel free to DM me, email me. All my information is down below. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you made it this far, you're a real fucking MVP. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>